Hi, and welcome to this Hot Topics podcast from NB Medical and Medcast. This podcast is part of a series based on popular Hot Topics workshops and webinars. In this episode, our expert speaker, Dr. Neil Tucker, discusses the recent developments in managing iliotibial band syndrome in general practice. A copy of Keep It Simple Summary or KISS on this topic is available on the Medcast downloads page. If you would like to learn more and or to register for one of our nationally delivered face-to-face workshops, please visit our website. Dr. Neil Tucker introduces Milo, a runner presenting with lateral knee pain after each 10k run. So Milo's 26 years old, he's fit and active, he's been running for um, a few years now, he's really into exercise and he started wanting to ramp things up a little bit and um, as uh, many of my friends when they've kind of maybe uh, started developing a bit of a midlife crisis. They've um, they've got um, really into triathlon training. So that's Milo's next big thing. Um, he's got one in three months' time. He's doing the full Olympic distance. He really wants to go for it. But every time he tries to get himself over 10k of, uh, of running, he starts getting this really bad right lateral knee pain. He then rests. It goes away after two or three days, but it just keeps coming back. And he just can't step up his training, which is really frustrating. Yeah, this is going to be his iliotibial band that's driving this. And this is um, by far and away the most common cause of lateral knee pain in runner. In fact, up to 14% of runners will have ITB syndrome. And um, although it's fair to say, actually, it's not just runners. You can get it in many different um, disciplines. So cyclists get it quite a lot, rowing hiking, even swimming um, can all cause irritation of the iliotibial band. Uh, we're going to have a look at sort of how we diagnose that and how patients can help themselves with it. You basically, it causes this chronic inflammation as a result of excessive friction of the distal iliotibial band at the at the knee, so um, where it's crossing the lateral femoral epicondyle, and particularly when the knee flexes to about 30 degrees, that's the, the, the point at which uh, it starts particularly irritating. So they had a recent BMJ paper and some recent guidance from best practice about how we can help this common, common problem. So it's got normally a fairly recognisable history. The um, pain and tightness felt just uh, a couple of centimetres superior to the lateral joint line. And it's predictable in the time and the distance by which someone might and start developing the pain each time they exercise. Once it becomes more severe, then the pain can become more pervasive. Um, and then uh, you might start feeling it sort of up and down the leg as well. But initially, it's going to be fairly localized and predictable. Uh, the particular triggers are when people start running downhills or on cambered surface as well. So if you've maybe on pavements that are not um, uh, not very level, that can start generating a problem as the biochemical, sorry, biomechanical um, sort of forces going through the knee are kind of off kilter. So you can do a couple of different tests if you want to try and um, uh, demonstrate this on examination. You can do Ober's test and Noble's test. These are both um, there's YouTube videos uh, linked in the KISS summaries to both of those, which are well worth having a look at. And I won't go into them now because the BMJ actually suggests a combined test may be better. And this is um, part of the combined test. So you have a patient lying on their side with the effective leg on the top and um, you want to keep the leg in um, there's a reasonable amount of extension. You push, um, put some pressure over their uh, pelvis. And then what you're doing is you're you're adducting the the leg, so you're bringing it down, sort of um, to um, uh, sort of somewhere close or below the 
um, the, the level of the bed. And then at the same time, you want to try and flex and extend the knee, and that should generate the pain. And that's a kind of a, a, a hybrid of, of Obers and, and Nobles tests, and they think that's got a better pickup rate. The other thing to do is look for biomechanical abnormalities. So if people have very flat feet or limb length discrepancies, um, significant muscle imbalances, things that physios are very good at looking for and maybe are slightly less so, then um, all of that can drive the process as well. So how are we going to manage this group? And the good news is that for the majority, they will have mild to moderate severity and self-care is all that's needed. So firstly, just think about the activity. So they should reduce or, or stop activity, um, the causative activity for um, up to six weeks. It gives them an opportunity to just think about things that might be driving this. So for example, are they doing hill running? Maybe that's not a good idea for them at the moment. Um, and they could always uh, think about keeping up their fitness by doing alternative exercises. So for instance, swimming, ideally without the legs, for instance, would be, uh, would be an alternative. Then um, once the initial pain is settled down, they can start doing stretching exercises. And these two pictures also, and there's some good handouts which are linked in that um, in the KISS summary. These two pictures give you an idea about what they what they do for iliotibial band stretches. So the key one really is this um, one where you're um, where you're stretching the iliotibial band by placing it behind the unaffected leg and then um, stretching over on that side, really sort of extending the iliotibial band. They're suggesting five reps of that three times a day. Um, keep going with that patient's um, I mean, they might just they might get improvement after a few weeks, but ideally they keep doing it because this is going to be a potentially recurrent problem for them. And that's the key exercise. Then as well, you can do hip strengthening exercises. And the best way to do this is with uh, with a band. So physicians often give out these bands um, and do uh, kind of like these abduction exercises, which will strengthen those um, those hip muscles. Any biochemical, uh, biomechanical abnormalities, then let's correct those. Limb length discrepancies or um, flat feet can often be corrected by insoles. They can have simple analgesia and ice if it's pain. And um, I know friends who've had um, ITB syndrome and they've often been recommended foam rollers. So they go into these extensive sort of um, sessions with like rolling these foam, um, sort of lying on these foam rollers and kind of um, pushing themselves up and down the floor. Actually, that's not that's not mentioned at all in any of these papers. So I think um, arguably maybe there's limited utility of that. Um, but please correct me if uh, anyone knows any better. Then after things are settled down, you can do a graded return to exercise. And one of the neat things that runners could do is perhaps rather than just going um, up to just long distance training, get them to do some some hit training, some high intensity intervals instead. So then they can. Um, they can shorten the distance they're doing, but actually improve their muscle strength and improve their cardiovascular um, system as well. And if they mix that up, then it, it, it's often a good way of, um, uh, of trying to just limit that sort of uh, longer, those longer runs and, uh, and that um, persistent irritation. The majority can get back to sport. So almost half are back by eight weeks and 90% back by six months. So the outcomes are good here, but people need to put in a bit of work. For severe pain, for refractory iliotibial band syndrome, I would be referring to a physio, so self-care may not be the best cho uh, choice for them. Um, there is some role for steroid injections. I wouldn't do those myself. I'd be letting a specialist do those. Um, and imaging is rarely helpful, but if they've had um, extensive physio and it's not working, then again, the, the ortho team might go down that route. Um, theoretically, surgery is a 
um, possible, but a very rarely used option. And in the BMJ, there's this really neat patient information leaflet, which is again linked in the KISS summaries. And it contains everything that you and patients need to know about iliotibial band syndrome, basically. Really, really useful um, document. So I've, I've been handing that out to my patients when they've presented with this. What happened to Milo? Well, he avoided training for two months. The pain is resolved. He's been doing his daily ITB stretches. He's got new trainers to correct his overpronation, and he's done that graded return. He's now managing to up the distance without too much trouble. Thank you. That was Dr. Neil Tucker from NB Medical in the UK, presenting the latest updates in the guidelines and treating ITBS, or iliotibial band syndrome, in primary care. You can download a copy of the Keep It Simple summary or KISS on on ITBS on the Medcast Downloads page. If you would like to learn more about the Hot Topics series of workshops, webinars and podcasts, please visit our website on www.medcast.com.au forward slash hot topics.